Welcome to You Need a Coach, Bitch. I'm your host, Chris Hale. I'm a certified life coach and coach instructor. I'm also a master dance educator and self-proclaimed Zenial Pop Diva. Every week, I bring you a conversation to help you harness your inner authority by popping the patriarchy and crafting the life of your dreams. Are you ready to unleash your inner creator? Let's go. Hey, besties, what's up? I hope everybody is having an amazing week. Um, It's Wednesday when I'm recording this. So yeah, we're like halfway through. Feels a little weird. Everything's kind of going back to, you know, I guess normal. It's so weird that like summer's not normal, but I guess we spend more of our time kind of in that September to June schedule, right? Like that we're, that we're basically like set up with as school children. <laughs> and then somehow our whole lives kind of keep ticking by with that same relationship to the months, right? It's like the same relationship to the year. We guess like it, we, it gets established for us when we're so young. And then I think we all just sort of carry that around with us, which is super weird, but here we are. And yeah, so my husband's back to work, which means I never see him. Um, he doesn't get home till like 10 o'clock. I'm in bed by like 9.30, I go to bed early. And this is the first season that I'm not teaching dance at a dance studio in, I don't even know how many years. Like, I think I took a little break in like, I don't know, I want to say 99, 2000 maybe, but I'm not, I don't even remember. So over 20 years um, and it's super weird, you know, to like not have that, but it was definitely time for me to take a break. I don't know if I'll ever go back to teaching regularly, but I still love dance. I taught, you know, a couple of classes over the summer and I'll be doing a lot of choreography this fall. Dance, I think, will always be a part of my life and it's going to be interesting to see my relationship with it shift now that I won't be consistently in the studio shaping the lives of dancers. So I'm adjusting to being back but also not back. Actually, my life looks completely different than I did a year ago. (laughs) Literally a year ago, I was working for the life coach school full-time. I was working for the life coach school full-time and I was teaching and yeah, my life just looked entirely different. So yeah, it's super weird. This September is like a completely, I have a completely new life in just a year. So That's really, I think, can be inspiring for everyone out there that when you're looking at your present situation, um, and actually this is kind of what this week's topic is about, but like when you're looking at your current situation, a year from now, every single thing in your life could be different. Like I didn't even have my own like business essentially a year ago. I didn't even start taking private clients until January of 2022. So yeah, September of 2021, I, everything was different. So 
I don't know. Maybe that's a little inspiration for you before we kick off on this week's topic about like, what do you want your year or what do you want your life to look like a year from now? And why uh, this kind of ties in today's topic is because we're talking about comparison. Um, And so at this point, I think most of us have heard the phrase compare and despair, right? It's basically like the act of comparing ourselves to others in a way that like negatively impacts us, right? Like it negatively impacts our emotional state. We'll like see someone and, right? Like it's like, you know, our main place where we're viewing others now is like social media. So it's like, you'll see someone on Instagram and you'll see them, you know, in your mind doing better than you, right? They're doing really well um, in terms of whatever, maybe it's there. They're talking about the financial goals that they're meeting, or they have a lot of followers or, um, right, whatever metrics you're looking at. And you start having judgments about yourself, right? And how, like, how you measure up against them. But here's the thing, like, like we're constantly comparing and it serves some like biological purpose, right? So we're kind of hardwired into looking at the world around us and, you know, judging what's going on. We're pack animals, right? So being able to check in and make sure we're living like in accordance with the rules of the group around us is a pretty useful thing for our survival, Because if you're not adhering to those rules, right, we can alienate ourselves from the group and our survival is definitely in jeopardy. Um, And like most of us don't need to worry about that anymore, but we're kind of like stuck with this like innate tendency to see how we stack up against other people. Um, And like I said, like it's really useful. I think I talked about this last week, right? When I'm looking at like comparing surfaces that I can sit on, like that's super useful, right? Like, can I sit on this desk? Is it is it going to hold my weight? Like, what is its sturdiness compared to something else in the room that I might be able to sit on? Like, this is a very useful way to compare things. Like, it's just collecting information, but, right? Like, seeing how we stack up against others, like, serves really no purpose right now. The other part of this is learned, Um, So we've been raised in a society of basically scarcity. We've bought into this lie that like more for me means less for you. And we can get really competitive with each other over like the acquisition of resources. Um, But like I'm a firm believer in healthy competition. But we want to decide intentionally where we're going to get our fix. So like for me, a friendly game of like Scattergories or Mario Kart can, can fulfill that need. But we don't need to be constantly competing with others because this can cause unnecessary stress, right? When we like can't keep up with the people around us, or even if we might not want to, but we're telling ourselves that we should be trying to. I have witnessed like the positives and negatives of competition as a dance educator, right? Um, so I worked at one of the top competitive studios in the Northeast, and I consistently had students taking like top scores regionally. They would make it into the top 20 at nationals. I've trained several national winners from like across all age groups. But I also coach them to keep all that shit in perspective, especially the ones that like were probably never going to win a national championship, but like they were still brilliant and talented in their own right. Right? There are so many factors beyond their control that determine who makes it to the top and who does not. 
right? So we can have perspective around that and and st- and look at ourselves and know that like, yeah, I might not be getting top three, but I'm 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 a competitor. I'm still like st- I'm stacking up in the way I want to. I'm meeting my goals that are appropriate for me. So there is so much to unpack when we think of deprogramming ourselves from negative comparison. And I think it's probably best to constrain yourself to one area of your life where maybe this tendency is having the biggest impact. Um, in our society, we are taught to think of ourselves as commodities, especially if you're a creative entrepreneur. I've already talked about this, but we need to distance ourselves from the idea that our work is us. Right, and stop conflating our worth with whether people value our work. But comparison infiltrates all aspects of our lives, starting with school, which bleeds into work, and it's even in our dating lives. Right, in the queer community, the constant labeling and valuation of certain attributes can wreak havoc on our self worth and make us spend too much time trying to change ourselves instead of celebrating ourselves. Mateo Lane, he's like a gay comic I follow on the interwebs. I um, mean, it's just like hysterical bit about his friend Jesse, um, whose voice, I think, I can't remember the exact description, but I feel like it's like, he describes his voice as like somewhere between like Julia Childs and like Mrs. Garrett from The Facts of Life or like Mrs. Delph. I can't remember. But um, but he talks about like how when they're out, he does the voice drop. Like, you all know what I mean, right? Just like he does the, vo- like he drops his voice. And it's to, like, sound more appealing to other men. And I mean, like, we all do it. Like, we we all have, like, we code switch in certain ways. And sometimes it's for safety, but other times it's just to fit in to what is considered, like, universally attractive, right? And because of misogyny, like, that means anything that isn't overtly feminine. So Jesse does the voice drop, right? So, like, that's one way that, like, you know, comparison is sort of creeping in, And it's to, like, measure up with, like, you know, perceived um, ideal gender norms for masculinity or whatever, right? If we're still on the gram, like, let's talk about, like, the prevalence of, like, white gays with abs. (laughs) Which, like, I'm not mad at the visuals, but it gives us this, like, unrealistic expectation of how we need to exist in the world. Because that is what is being held up as the ideal beauty standard. So you either need to be that or you need to be able to attract that if you want to be successful online. And I I can't lie, like, I often wonder, like, how much my own following would increase if I, like, pose naked on the internet. Like, I'm not judging it. But for me, it's like the temptation is there to use my looks to gain a following when I'm having like bullshit thoughts like, like I'm not growing fast enough or I don't have enough followers. And I want to say that like I am not shaming anyone for capitalizing on their looks, right? Like I'm sex positive and body positive and I think we should take advantage of whatever strengths we have going on for us. But we are talking about comparison today and the problem is, is that Like we, right, the consumer, use those images against ourselves. Like we're not using them as inspiration or to challenge our own ideas about what is attractive. And I want to be clear, like this is not the fault of like the hot white guy and his new Charlies that you or I have negative thoughts about ourselves, right? That is white supremacist's heteronormative capitalist patriarchy's fault, right? I will not have you blaming Brad or Chad or Corey with an eye for that. But <laughs> but it is there. And here is where someone else might tell you that you need to stop scrolling. 
and rid yourself of all those triggers that have you thinking these nasty things about yourself. But that is not my jam. Like, we don't live in a bubble. So ridding ourselves of these images, it's not going to solve the thinking that is creating the negative emotion. It actually might make it, like, so that you're less able to cope with it when you're engaging with the world and you don't have control over what invades your eyeballs. So the idea here is, like, we want to decide ahead of time what we want to use comparison for and really be deliberate about it. And this is really similar to a piece of advice I give my clients that might be a little bit addicted to learning and consuming. Um, I don't tell them that they can't consume, they can't learn, right? Some people are like addicted to courses, like they're like, oh, I just need another course, right? And they're just like looking for the course to help them like feel good about whatever it is that they're doing, right? Or ready to go out there in the world, right? I don't tell them that they can't do that. Um, But I ask them to adopt this rule that if they consume something, they need to create something, right? The consumption needs to have a purpose that will lead to a tangible result that is not just more information in their brain. And same goes for comparison. We don't just want to be like taking constant inventory for how we stack up. We want to decide what that information is going to be used for. By default, your brain will use it to make you feel like shit. So you have to decide intentionally how you're going to make it work for you, right? If we're going to compare whether we like it or not, how do we want to use this function of our brain? I say that we use it to create the life we want from a place of sufficiency rather than a place of lack. To do this, We first have to agree on some truths, which can be super hard to do because actual facts are hard to come by in our world because all of what we experience is subjected to our perceptions with like very little facts that we can all agree on. (laughs) But we'll try for the sake of this lesson. (laughs) The first is um, that we're all different, right? We're just, we're all different people. So comparing ourselves is really hard because of our differences, And I think it's a pretty easy one to accept that we're all different. But next up is that we're all worthy of whatever we want in this life because worthiness is not moral. We can't agree on any set of rules that make someone a good or bad person, right? Like even murder is excused in certain contexts like self-defense. So like, right, those religious commandments mean jack shit here. They, we can't, like, we're never going to agree across the board on those standards. Also, it's really not our job to judge anyone else against our beliefs, religious or otherwise, right? The beliefs we adopt are guidelines for how we want to live, not so that we can control others. And the last thing is, there's always going to be inequality in society, right? Based on whatever rubric you're using to judge yourself by, there will always be someone doing better than you and worse than you. You will also be on an ever-changing continuum for yourself in terms of how you will be like stacking up with your own goals, right? Like sometimes you're going to be killing the game, sometimes you're not, right? And it's like, it's always changing. So if we can agree on these things, right, then we can start to decide what we want to use comparison for. What is the purpose going to be for me to compare myself to someone else or even myself, Anything I find out from looking to others or my past is just data. But that data is going to be assessed differently depending on the motivation behind my looking at it. Everything we do is colored by the thinking that is driving us. So 
a little advice is that we do not want to go scrolling if we're already in a headspace where we are thinking that we are not measuring up or we're or that like we're experiencing failures or setbacks and we're feeling defeated, demotivated, depressed, any other like negative emotion like that. The reason being is that we will only be able to focus on the things that support our negative thinking. So, for example, if I was feeling down because like say I hadn't booked any new clients this week. And I was telling myself stories like, I'm not doing enough. I need to be creating more content. I don't have enough followers. Um, I'm going to go online and all I'm going to see is the seven-figure coaches with like 20,000 plus followers who post all day long. And I'm going to use that as evidence that I'm indeed not doing enough and I don't have enough followers. But these aren't even fair comparisons to make because these coaches have been doing this for longer than me and we're just in different places in our journeys. For me, one of the most useful things to do in a situation like this would be to look at where I was four months ago, right? I had no business. A year ago, I had no business. We were just talking about that, right? I was working for someone else. Those are the facts. And the story I want to tell myself is that I'm right where I'm meant to be for me. And if I can shift into that, then I can go back to IG and look to be inspired by these coaches or coaches that are in a similar place or maybe just a little bit ahead of me. When I look for inspiration, I'm more open to seeing what they're doing and asking myself questions, right? Like asking myself, how would this look if I did something similar? Or what would my version of this look like? Or... What am I capable of with my skills and bandwidth that would get me the result I want and the way that they're getting the result that they want, right? Our results are probably even different because of the places we're at in our businesses. All of those questions are so much more productive than me telling myself that like, if only I had started a podcast five years ago, I'd be much better off. Because the truth is we don't know if that's a fact. It's not a fact. We don't know if it's true at all. It's just a story that I made up. And the other thing is like, what is true about five years ago that might be helpful? Or what evidence do I have from the past that I am capable of building a successful business? Well, I have done that before. Also, any of the other things that I set out to accomplish, I actually have accomplished. So I can either focus on my failures or I can learn from my successes. What was I believing that allowed me to become a soul cycle instructor or a real estate agent or to get my own classes at one of the biggest, most prestigious dance studios in New York City when I was 21? Who am I not being now that I was being then that helped me achieve those goals? This is a perfect way to use comparison because what I'm doing is actually comparing my mindset and not my achievements, right? Because I can't necessarily do a full tit for tat, like, well, how did I get from here to there? What actions did I take, right? The actions aren't going to matter because I'm not trying to com- I'm not trying to create the same goals. But the mindset that helped me create them is the thing that is more useful. So then if we go with this kind of idea of like comparing mindsets on the other side of this coin is a way that you can think about using comparison that's like super fun. And that is thinking about what is possible 
for us in the future and compare ourselves to our future selves. Oftentimes, where we want to get to is much closer than where we came from, but we don't spend any time thinking about that. We're like more focused on like the past and less focused on like how close our future goals might be. So leaning into a version of ourselves from for five years, five months, or even five days in the future can be so powerful. Like five months from now, when I've met my current goals and I'm now working on something even bigger, what will I be feeling? How will that Chris be showing up? What will they be believing that I'm not believing now? What would that Chris say to me now? We make all this shit up anyway, right? The things that we're telling ourselves about others. We don't know anything about other people and how they've gotten to where they are and how they achieve their goals. So we make up all these stories about them and then we use it against ourselves. So why not use that imagination for our own benefit? So basically... What this all comes down to is that I want you to think about this in terms of compare and create instead of compare and despair, right? What do I create when I compare myself from a place of seeking validation against others versus what can I create when I seek out contrasting information for the explicit purpose of helping me achieve my goals, This is how we're going to use comparison to create the exact life that we want. Again, going back to that idea that I tell my clients, right? Like when you consume something, you need to create something. So when I compare myself, right? When I'm using comparison, let's think, if I'm going to compare myself, what am I going to create with this comparison? And just be really, really intentional about it. So hopefully this will help you change your relationship with the idea of comparison because I know a lot of my clients get down on themselves. They're like, why am I looking at other people? Why am I comparing myself? Why can't I just focus on myself? The reason is you can't. Our brains are kind of set up to do this thing where we look out into the world and we compare and contrast as like a natural survival skill, mechanism, habit, learning tool. And I can also use it to my benefit. So go out there this week, see if you can use that comparison to your benefit and maybe even share with me, like you can hit me up on the gram or email me at chris at com, and let me know about your experience with comparison. Have a great week, loves. If you are loving the podcast, it's time to put a ring on it. It would mean the world to me if you would do one or all of these things. First off, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts or all the places podcasts are available if you want to be extra. While you're there, giving a five-star rating and leaving a review would be epic. And lastly, spreading the love by sharing your favorite episode would be beyond. Thanks, love. We'll talk soon.